one of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly. I'm here with Jerry Burris. And guess what? The Browns still have not won a game in the 2016 NFL season. Jerry, you were at the game this weekend. How'd it go? How you feeling today? Uh, it was a, it was an interesting experience. It really was cool to have my friends from Boston and um, different parts of Massachusetts come in. They've been looking forward to this for a long time. We actually bought almost an entire row of seats up in the nosebleeds. But it was like I've been to a Patriots-Browns game in Foxborough, and it felt like that. It really did. It felt like there were more Patriots fans than there were Browns fans in our section by far. I mean, I don't know what it was like in the dog pound, things like that. But it was definitely one-to-one Browns fans to Pats fans, maybe even a slight edge to Pats fans. I consider myself a Pats fan because when Brady went in, I was cheering for him and clapping for him a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. I, I wanted to see him do well. I was hoping for um, much more of a reaction from him than just doing a first down point. Maybe yeah. like a double middle finger to the, right into the camera. <laughs> um, but maybe I don't, I'm not going to rule that out for the season. I think he still has that in him. And he's going to just drop maybe a big F you to Raj. I'm hoping so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, watching the game on TV, you saw a lot of blue in the stands. You heard the Brady chants. And uh, obviously, we don't have to go into detail about why everybody was so jacked up about Tom Brady playing week five against the Browns. Um, The cool thing was when they went from uh, Browns got the ball first, and then that EV timeout when they transitioned from uh, offense to defense, it was nothing but just deafening Brady chants. Yeah. Like the TV, I don't think, really did it justice. Yeah. it started as soon as they flipped it and went offense or defense to offense, and Brady came on the field for the first time. I believe it. I believe it. Was it. Cool. You know, it was really cool to see live. Yeah. Well, I, I wish I could have been there, uh, but unfortunately, I could not make it. But obviously, us in New England, uh, us fans, we're pumped to see Brady back under center. I don't think I could do one more week of Jacoby Brissett. Uh, playing quarterback for us but hey let's tell the people where they can find us on twitter at glory podcast on facebook never ending glory podcast you can also search soundcloud using the same name as well as itunes be sure to like us and subscribe to us uh send us emails negpodcast at gmail.com we answer your questions we'll give you t-shirts i swear where you just got them got the okay to print them they're they're finalized they're at the printers right now yes they look beautiful they look fantastic i just hopped off our uh baseball show so check them out on at NEG MLB or I'm sorry NEG Pod MLB on Twitter and then of course our college football where our good friend Sean Z likes to uh, to frequent at NEG Pod CFB and of course you know right now I'm I'm, I'm switching it up during my uh, my podcast drinking right now instead of having a cranberry vodka with Buckeye vodka that I had last week I'm going with a screwdriver I want that vitamin C want to make sure my <laughs> immune system is is up and going it's for flu uh, season hope- you got to get that up. Yeah, I always get like this gross cold in between seasons when we go from summer to fall. So I'm trying to fight that right now. So I'm rocking a screwdriver tonight. Are you sipping on any on any uh, Buckeye vodka? Are you going your Moscow Mule again? I'm actually uh, abstaining from alcohol for a few days after this past wow. weekend. But if I okay. was, I would definitely be doing what you just described. Nice. Our friends See, from Buckeye Vodka. You're, you're on one of those cleanses, huh? Uh, it's usually the Monday through Wednesday <laughs> cleanse. And then yes. Thursday. Thursday rolls up. around. It's been yeah. a long week of work. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I've been doing a, a red apple cider vinegar cleanse recently. And by cleanse, I, I drink like two tablespoons in the morning and two tablespoons diluted diluted at, at dinner and have you ever tried drinking vinegar um no i've had it don't like recommend tea. it yeah, well, yeah. I, why are you doing this 
Uh, you know, uh, why not? Um, you know, just kind of curbs your your appetite throughout the day. Um, you know, try to try to lose a Use few pounds. cigarettes. <laughs> I heard, yeah, Salem lights. That, that'll help you lose a little bit of I weight. Might, I might. How about some Virginia Slims? Well, you don't want to look like a total loser. But I think that might hurt my wad though if I start smoking cigarettes. Which wad are you talking about? Your pockets? Or are you talking about your CrossFit wads? Uh, probably both, actually, now that you bring it up, but yeah. mainly my CrossFit wads. All right. Well, there's a <laughs> lot of ways to get to your goal, and um, I think doing some witch's brew of apple cider vinegar and, I don't know, whatever else you're <laughs> drinking is not the way to do it. Well, we'll find out. I'll, I'll let you know how my, my cleanse goes uh, and how, how it's looking after two or three weeks or whatever. Right. But Keep me posted. Hey, let's, let's talk week five point pounders. Um, we'll get right into the to the fantasy football week that just happened and start talking about uh, week six and what you can come to expect in the world of fantasy football. Uh, the first one I want to talk about and probably my number one point pounder for the for the season or for week five, uh, we saw him on Thursday night. Drew Stanton was under center for the Cardinals and David Johnson just put an absolute hurting on San Francisco. 157 rushing yards, two touchdowns with three catches and 28 receiving yards. Uh, Jerry, you've seen my team in our fantasy leagues. Imagine mm-hmm. if I drafted David Johnson third overall instead of Todd Gurley, which I drafted Gurley third overall multiple multiple leagues. My team would be looking much better than it does now, huh? Your team's doing just fine. You still have, <laughs> you know, arguably the best team in our league, albeit Shrek is number one, but I don't think he's played uh, maybe the level of competition yet. But, yes, your point is there. If you had David Johnson like you had kind of thought about doing, you know, you'd be in a much better position. So the question is, the que- we, we gave my buddy Paul a bunch of crap for taking David Johnson one overall. Would you still say that he wasn't worth the first overall pick? Or do you think that based on his performance so far this year, he's leapfrogged Julio Jones and Antonio Brown as who it should have been the number one overall pick this, this past draft season? Uh, I still think it's a wide receiver-based uh, league when it comes to fantasy. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take him over those two. I, I just can't do it. Um, but maybe the pick does not look as crazy today as it did no, six weeks I, ago. No, I agree with that. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I'll let Paul know. He'll be happy to hear that. You know, his team is god awful. I just <laughs> smoked him by about I remember 40. the shock we had when it happened. But <laughs> Shocked worn off a little bit. But another young running back did really well this past week. Zeke Elliott, 134 rushing yards, two touchdowns, three catches for 37 yards. Very similar numbers to Todd Gurley. Zeke destroyed me in a league. Um I don't have him in any leagues this year, unfortunately. Wasn't going to pay the price uh, for a rookie running back. But uh, he had a great game against Cincinnati. And then you saw Martellus Bennett in the flesh, and he just absolutely torched your Cleveland Browns. Oh, my God. He's a matchup nightmare to start. And then not only that, Brady knows where he is at all times. And and it seemed like he was sometimes – when he scored the one, he was the fourth option. I saw him move his eyes four times on the uh, replay on the big board. And you go, what What are we supposed to do with that? How are we supposed to defend that? Well, I think more often than not, he will be the fourth option. You have Gronk, you have Edelman. Now we have Hogan on the outside. Who's um, impressive as well in, in yep. person. James White coming out of the backfield and eventually Deion Lewis if he comes back from that knee injury. So more often than not, I think you're going to see Martellus Bennett wide open very often just because how are you going to cover him? You can't continue to cover all these guys and it's just it's scary to think what this offense can do at full power and so now the question is in fantasy football you have martellus bennett coming off a three touchdown performance 
do you hold on to him thinking that he's going to be not, he won't get you three touchdowns a game, but do you hold on to him thinking that he can be a week in week out tight end one, or do you try to s- trade him right now for, you know, help a wide receiver quarterback running back? You want to trade him, call me. Whoever's got him, call me right now. <laughs> we'll talk. So you're willing him. to, so right now you're going to, you're going to overpay for, for Martellus Bennett is what you're saying, what you're telling me. I'm willing to do just about anything right now. We're at that point <laughs> of the season, but uh, he's, he's, borderline tight end one. Um, okay. I mean, he's not up there with like an Olsen um, or any of those guys, but he's definitely, I don't know, 15, 16, you know, in the rankings, somewhere in there is probably a good spot for him. I think what's going to happen with him is, you know, we're going to see games where he's going to get you six catches for 90 yards, sure. two touchdowns. And then he's going to have games where he doesn't touch the ball because other guys are getting the ball. And there's, there's only so many targets to go around in the Patriots offense. So the only consistent great fantasy scorer, I think, in the Patriots offense is going to be Tom Brady. And then you can see solid numbers from Edelman each week because Edelman's obviously Brady's draw, dump off valve. And then Gronk is just – he's Gronk. You have to start him no matter what. But if I have Martellus Bennett, I'm trading him. I just recently traded him in another league um, for future picks as a dynasty league. And, you know, I had Greg Olson, so I would never play Martellus Bennett over him. So I had the luxury of being able to move him. But, um, yeah, I mean <laughs> – I love having him on this team. He's probably playing himself into a new contract with another team, but that's fine. Let's just let's get yeah. the Lombardi this year, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, T.Y. Hilton, 10 catches, 171 yards and a touch. Indy being Indy and just chucking it at the end and finding a way to win the game. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was obviously the apple of Andrew Luck's eye and continues to be the number one receiver in a team severely lacking a consistent number two receiver. So for the time being, T.Y. Hill and owners have to be really happy with his production so far. Um, I say I don't. I actually wouldn't trade him. I wouldn't trade for him. I would hold just because if you're a team trying to get him, the other owners going to be asking way too much for him. If, if There's no reason for you to trade him unless you think he's going to drop off. But I really see absolutely no reason why Hilton's going to drop off because – that team can't run consistently, and you know they they always play from behind because the defense sucks. So I like Ty Hilton a lot for the rest of the season. I do too. Uh, he didn't practice today, so but you know the whole maintenance qu- day. Yeah, the whole veteran qu- maintenance day. The whole questionable thing is is a joke. I, I really right. can't stand these labels anymore. But yeah, he's like you said. You know, get on the bike, practice Thursday, Friday, and it'll be fine. Well, remember, the questionable tag is it's not what it used to be. Yeah, it's uh, the probable tag now. Right, right, exactly. So more often than not, if you see questionable, I always get the notification on my phone. It's, you know, my whole team is questionable. And I, I consistently every week dump my pants because I think my whole team's not going to play. But they all end up playing, um, barring any unforeseen injuries that happen in between, you know, Friday and Sunday. But um, the next guy is very near and dear to my heart and very frustrating because – I had this guy on my team. I drafted him to be my wide receiver three, and I cut him when he couldn't catch a ball in preseason. That's the one, Sammy Coates, who had six catches for 139 yards and two touchdowns and should have actually had two more touchdowns. He dropped two easy touchdowns. One was one yard away. The other one was a deep ball that he just flat out dropped. So he should have finished with four touchdowns, but he didn't because he's Sammy Coates and he drops the ball. Um I went against Sammy Coates this week in our league, and he's the reason why I got my first loss of the season. So it's kind of like karma for drafting, for spending a high pick on him and then drafting him, or then and then cutting him. So a little frustrating, but it is what it is. 
Um, you know, are you buying or selling on Sammy Coates now? Because obviously we, we've been waiting for this big game. Uh, he had another decent game earlier this season, but we've been waiting for the Martavis Bryant type game, and here it is. And now that it's there, do you see him doing this week in, week out? I don't because I think they have enough guys that do exactly what he does that it's going to get spread around. It could be him one week. He could get two long balls for two touchdowns, or he could get – two targets with no catches, and then Marcus Wheaton's got five catches. So I right. think it's kind of feast or famine. It's not going to be consistent. Um, it's the Antonio Brown show, and then with Le'Veon Bell doing all the different things he does, that just takes away even more touches. Um, I mean, he can be a slot. He can line up as an X. They can go double t- uh, tight end, and, and then he's not even on the field. So it, yeah. it's feast or famine with him, but it, it's somebody to watch. If he's on your squad – and somebody was looking to move for him, you know, it's, you have something to consider. Sure. And also you have to remember that Eli Rogers is returning and Rogers was the original starter yeah. uh, over Sammy Coates after Coates struggled in the preseason. So with Rogers coming back from a knee injury, that could cut into Coates' playing time. And also uh, at, at halftime of the week five game, he actually, Coates had stitches in his hands. So he's wearing a pretty big cast right now. So his dropsies might get even worse now that he's got a big club on his hand. So I would definitely try to trade Sammy Coates if you have him on your squad. Um, if you can't trade him for decent value, then just hold him. He could be a, a solid bye week flyer. Um, and in case Wheaton gets hurt again or Rodgers gets hurt again, then then Coates could have some pretty solid wide receiver three value. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a bunch of other guys that kind of broke out in week five, and I want to talk about them real quick. Let's see if you're going to buy or sell them. Uh, the first player is Jordan Howard, who running back for the Chicago Bears. I was actually praising him in the preseason. I was trying to get him anywhere I could. Uh, unfortunately, I failed to do that because I didn't want to pony up the uh, what it took to get a backup running back. But I just didn't think Jeremy Langford would be anything of solid value. And even with the injury, before he was hurt, he looked pretty pretty pedestrian. Howard just had his second straight 100-yard game. Now he's a starter. And, you know, even with Langford healthy, I think this is Howard's backfield. I don't think it's going to be a running back by committee. I think it's just solely just, uh, Jordan Howard's. So I'm buying Jordan Howard right now. I think he's still a somewhat – I'm not going to say he's a buy low. I think he's going to command pretty solid RB2 value. Um, but I, I really think that he's going to be a good running back in your fantasy team for the remainder of the season. Are you are you seeking out Jer- uh, Jordan Howard in any leagues this year this week, Jer? Um, I'll buy Jordan Howard. I'm on my team. I think I'm okay with uh, Jay Ajayi being my handcuff. It's nice to see him be consistently Ew. there on my roster. No, I, I think <laughs> I think Jordan Howard's a great pickup if you can get him. Um, if you're in a 14 team league, he's probably gone already. But um, if you're in a 10 or 12, you could definitely pick him up and base you know use him as a matchup uh, running back. Sure. Another Chicago Bear who kind of came out of the woodwork and. I just did not expect this whatsoever. I got the notification on my phone that Cameron Meredith would be the starter, and I was like, who the hell is Cameron Meredith? I had never heard of this guy my entire life until uh, (laughs) we were looking at our notes today. And I went back and go, oh, okay, I did read about him on Sunday. Right. So he went for 9 for 130 in a touchdown. Um, You know, Kevin White is hurt. He's on the IR. He's done for the season again. But even before that, he really was doing nothing. Eddie Royal was – you know, sporadically putting up decent fantasy points, but he was the consistent one on the team. Royal I mean, 
Royal was consistently mediocre. Uh, he'd have a game or two where he had, you know, double-digit fantasy points. But other than that, it was just three or four catches. And Alshon Jeffrey, I don't know what to think with this guy. He's in a contract season, and he just always seems to be banged up. But anyways, Cameron Meredith has, has you know, I'm thinking that I actually just picked him up in our league. I spent about 20% of my waiver wire budget on him just because right now Brian Hoyer looks like he's the starting quarterback now and when Jay Cutler comes back because he's been effective and Cutler simply wasn't. And Meredith and Hoyer have some sort of rapport considering they're both backups. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they just threw the ball a lot to each other. So, um, I like Meredith moving forward. I Again, I have him as a backup on my team because I'm just not one to pull the trigger on a uh, you know a week five miracle. I want to see some sort of consistency before I think that he's a, actually a good player. Um, but I, I got Cameron Meredith. If you want to trade him to me, uh, trade for him, Jer, I, I'll, I'm willing to hear, hear your latest offer. Well, it seems like he's like the fifth or sixth wide receiver on your team. Um, I don't think you're going to be wanting to trade for any of my guys. <laughs> but um, I'd consider it. He, came, you know, kind of came out of nowhere, like you said. Those guys that kind of work with the twos on offenses, like in, in Brian Hoyer was, you know, just throwing to him, and they probably had some sort of rapport from the summer. And like you said, moved around because of the Kevin White injury, and now he's playing. Guy, he counts on knows the offense, and uh, now they got a little bit of a connection. Seems like. Yeah. So keep an eye on that again. That whole situation in Chicago is very fluid. I, there really, really looks like they're trying to get away from the G color era. And I don't think that Brian Hoyer is the, the new franchise quarterback in Chicago, but um, it just seems like that Jay color no longer is mm-hmm. uh, another player. We saw really break out on Thursday night football was Jeremy Curley went for eight for one Oh two and a touch versus the Cardinals. And what's interesting about Jeremy Curley, he's doing everything that Bruce Ellington was supposed to uh, being the slot receiver in a chip Kelly offense and, and now we're seeing, you know, obviously Ellington mi- is missing the season with a hamstring injury and Curly stepped up and is proving to be very solid and is, is a really good wave wire pickup uh, as potentially, I think, a number three wide receiver on your fantasy team. Now, the huge question is, and we're going to talk about this later, you know, who's the better option for Jeremy Curley? Is it Blaine Gabbert or is it Colin Kaepernick? Because we've seen Colin Kaepernick can't sh- throw to the, to the uh, intermediate route runner and that's pretty much where jeremy curley makes his makes his money right um so i mean jeremy curley what do you what are your thoughts on him obviously he was great in new york or not great but decent in new york a few years ago kind of tailed off and now he's landed in san francisco he's putting up solid fantasy numbers i'm i'm gonna sell on jeremy curley i don't trust chip um chip kelly and colin kaepernick working together and, and getting the ball um in the intermediate area like you mentioned he's not a downfield threat and mm-hmm. that's where Colin Kaepernick makes his money is, is pushing the ball downfield or scrambling right. around and, and dumping it off. If that's the way we're expecting Jeremy Curley to get his fantasy value, then we're fools for taking him. Yeah. Okay. So another player that we briefly mentioned in our opening is Chris Hogan. Yeah. Four for 114, just missed a touchdown, was solid with the Bills last year. Uh, flashed a little bit with Jimmy G under center, but then when Garoppolo got hurt and Brissett came in, the passing game game went to the wayside. But now we're seeing Hogan step up, and in his first game with Tom Brady, over 100 yards, just missed a touchdown if Brady didn't slightly overthrow him. Uh, I'm buying Chris Hogan, and that's not my Patriots bias. 
I'm at least trying no, not to I'm, let that show. I'm with you too. I think uh, his biggest thing is he's he better know exactly where he's supposed to be at all times, or Brady yes. will be in his ass. <laughs> yes, but I, I think that's what Hogan's able to do. I agree. He, he's he seems like a very cerebral player who can get it done, not only physically but mentally. And to pick up the Patriots system, you have to be on the same page as Tom Brady, and you need to know the offense. And from every everything I've heard out of Patriots camp and what I've seen so far in the field. He looks like he he fits the part, so I'm pumped for for the Chris Hogan era to really start in New England. Um, I have him in a couple leagues, and he's definitely I'd say in every week wide receiver three. Again, with all the targets in New England, it's tough to really rely on one player other than Edelman or Gronk. But we saw Brandon LaFell push a thousand yards, seventy catches two years ago, and and obviously last year LaFell was pizza paddle hands, but um, Hogan looks like he should be able to come on in and uh, pick up the slack and, and become the true outside receiver the Patriots have really been lacking the past few years. Kevin or uh, Chris Hogan and Kevin Hogan are not related, by the way. Um, that's that's good. That. Future that's, Browns actually, quarterback. I'm very happy to hear about that because um, we have enough former Browns on our roster right now that I don't want their cousins to be on the roster either. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam Phelan, another tall white guy, uh, he replaced Stephon Diggs, who – in the starting lineup when Diggs was out last week, but you had Diggs in your starting lineup in our fantasy league this week. So what happened there, Jer? Yeah, there was a little bit of a uh, Yahoo issue on my phone. <laughs> Blame um, it on Yahoo. I like that. Yes, I, but no, that's on me. I'll take the full brunt of that. Um, it wasn't like I had much of a chance anyway, so would I get True. like 70 points overall? Yeah, um, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, thank you for bringing it up, though. But <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Thielen because I do like the story of uh, Adam Thielen coming in from is it Minnesota State University? That's a great question. He's I, a wa- I, he I, was a, he was I believe a walk on in college and then a practice squad player for the Vikings. Vikings hold like a statewide open tryout and he huh. made the practice squad and then stayed with it. I think this is his third year with the team and now he's going to be starting as the uh, number one wide receiver to replace Stephon Diggs until he comes back. Yeah, uh, Minnesota State Mankato, um, and this is currently his third year with the team. I'm sure it's on a lake somewhere. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, and I'm not sure what Diggs' status is. Uh, Well, they're actually on a bye this week, so I'm assuming that Diggs will come back after the bye. But it's interesting that Thielen has already overcame Cordero Patterson, who is a first-round bust. And now Laquan Treadwell, who has really struggled to get on the field as a rookie. Again, another first-round pick. But this undrafted player out of Minnesota State, Moncado, is able to, to pass them on the on the, the depth chart and getting some quality playing time um, with the Vikings. So keep an eye on Thielen. Uh, you know, you can probably get him this, uh, this week just because he's on a bye. So if you have an extra roster spot on your, on your team, I'd pick him up just as a speculative ad. You don't know what's going to happen with him. Diggs is obviously the lead dog in Minnesota right now, um, but Thielen should not be uh, slept on. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about, Devontae Booker, who is rookie running back in Denver. C.J. Anderson started off the season really hot, but it's kind of faded a little bit the past few weeks. And, you know, Devontae Booker didn't put up gaudy stats this week against the Falcons, but he looked solid and he looked fast. He looked spry, and he he was as good, if not better, than C.J. Anderson was this past week. So I'm not ready to say it's a full-blown running back by committee, but you definitely have to keep an eye on Booker, and he could become one of those players down the stretch 
that could be the difference on your fantasy team when it comes to playoff time, uh, especially if C.J. Anderson goes down with, with any sort of injury, which it's not like he's any sort of Iron Man um, in his career. So uh, I like to say definitely, definitely keep tabs on Devontae Booker, see what you can get for him. Um, oh, this guy we're going to talk about, Jaron. I don't want to because I have him in like every league. You brought him up every week. I know, I know, because I, it's like it's kind of like with Todd Gurley. I just want to keep on saying he's going to be good, and eventually, if I keep on saying that, it'll come true. But Jeremy Hill has been a constant disappointment, except for the week against the Broncos, where he had two touchdowns. Very, very, very disappointing game this week. Four for twelve, left the game with either a shoulder or a chest injury. It ends up that he's going to be okay, um, but I mean, I don't know. Can you? I don't know if I can trust Jeremy Hill week in week out. This week against the Pats, you can't. No, no, no. No, it's so that... he's, you can't start him this week. Um, moving forward, you, you can't, he's not a drop and pick up somebody else guy. He's trade bait for sure. Um, do I? Oh, yeah, tra- if you trade him, you're, you're trading him at an all-time low, unfortunately. Yeah, you have to almost hope he goes and has like a two-touchdown game here in the next two weeks. Somebody panics, makes a trade, and then you move on. Um well, here, here's the good news. So, yeah, he has the Patriots this week, which is a really tough matchup. But then he's got the Browns and the Redskins, which are mm-hmm. two pretty soft running run defenses. And then they have a bye. So you got to hope that, you know, week six, I'm benching him. But week seven, week eight, I think he's a solid start. And he's going to have a really good chance to put up competitive RB2 numbers. Sure. He's not the RB1 I was hoping to get in the fourth round, uh, some drafts. But it's going to be week to week with him. He he's going to be a streaming player. You got to play the matchups with him, unfortunately, which is not what you want from your you know a guy that you draft in the fourth or fifth round. But if you're able to strike on a guy like Theo Riddick late in your draft, or even maybe a Frank Gore, then you're able to kind of mitigate the, the loss of that fourth or fifth round pick on Jeremy Hill. Um, but overall, very very disappointing season. I was really hoping he could turn it around after a, a, a less than spectacular 2015 season, but. So it goes. That's fantasy football for you. The final guy who uh, is showing some signs of life and was very disappointing last year when thrust into a starting role is Devontae Adams, who went for five for 85 and one and got his third touchdown of the season against the Giants on Sunday night football. Um, He's only owned in 13% of Yahoo leagues, which really kind of blows my mind considering that even though he really let us down last year, he's still the number three option in green bay with arguably the best quarterback in the nfl in aaron Rodgers, so i'm actually very surprised that in 87 percent of the leagues he's he's available and if you see him on your waiver wire i think you have to pick him up and potentially start him as maybe a flex wide receiver three if you have a bye week or injuries um i i still like Devonte adams i'm holding out hope uh, Jared, what you, yeah, yeah. I actually um, bumped him up in my starting rotation this week. Uh, I have Stephon Diggs down, and I thought it's time. You know, he's shown three straight weeks where he's he's put up decent points as a wide receiver. Three, it's time to put him in there. Yeah, I like that. I got him in one league too. Uh, I started him last week over Jeremy Macklin while he was on a bye, and I got Devontae in my flex this week too. So I still like him. Um, I think he'll be solid. He's not going to win you leagues, but he's going to be a solid starter for you. Mm-hmm. So week six, we got a lot of QB uh, points to bring up because yeah. a lot's changing the NFL. Um, it's always interesting, the quarterback carousel, when you don't have one of those franchise guys under center. 
Uh, first team we're going to talk about had a franchise guy last year, but he retired. And Trevor Simeon's back tomorrow night against, or I guess tonight, whenever you're listening to this, on the Thursday night football broadcast against San Diego. Um, but after seeing the Broncos last week lose to the Falcons at home, I just think that shows us that Trevor Simeon is not just another guy, and he's actually a capable starting quarterback in the NFL. And the Broncos need him for this stretch run because Paxton Lynch just simply is not ready. No, he's definitely not ready. Um, Simeon's shown flashes of, of being not just like a guy to get them through the next draft pick. He actually looks like he could be a starter for several years with this team. Um, he makes he makes all the necessary throws that he has to make. He makes the reads he's supposed to make. He's not doing anything that's something that has to be taken away, like the way like a Russell Wilson does um, with his speed. He's a good starting quarterback in the NFL, and that's a tough division. Um, well, and it, hel- it helps when you have a defense like the Denver defense. Yes. Obviously, they're re- they're really missing Demarcus Ware, which I- was surprising to me. But they still have Von Miller, Akib Talib. Uh, TJ Ward, Derek Wolf. I mean, this defense is still the best defense in the NFL. So that really helps Sivian and makes his life a lot easier. And now with, you know, CJ Anderson and now an emerging Devontae Booker, then of course the outside receivers, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, that makes his life 10,000 times easier. So I, I don't think Simeon is going to be a starting NFL quarterback for the next three to four years. But I think for this year, maybe next year, he's good enough, and he's gonna be he's gonna make this team competitive. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Denver make it. I don't I don't know if they're gonna make it to the AFC Championship this year, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to at least make a competitive deep run in the playoffs. You think they're gonna hang on to the Paxton Lynch and make him the future, or do you think they're gonna go with Simeon for, you know, let's just say three the next three years? You think it's gonna be a Simeon thing or it's a Lynch thing three years well, from I, now? I mean, I think that they have a lot invested in Paxton Lynch. They they mm-hmm. traded up and have a first round pick. Um, you know, it depends on what Trevor Simeon's contract looks like because I'm not sure. I'm assuming he's undrafted pennies compared to Paxton right. Lynch dollars. Right, but he was an undrafted. So my my question is: is how long is he under contract for? It's um, true. Yeah, the length of, might be very different. Yeah, and I'm taking a look at it right. So he's a seventh round pick last year. So that means that so he sent a four-year deal. Uh, he'll be a free agent in 2019. So they have next year in 2018, um, and then he'll be a free agent. So I, I really think that you know it's a two-year trial for him to see if it's going to work out. If it works out, great. They'll hold on to him. Uh, they'll sign him to a new deal. If it's not working out, then obviously Paxton Lynch is next in line to be the starter in Denver. So th- that's what I'm thinking John Elway wants to do after getting burned by the whole Brock Osweiler experiment. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we, again, we've only seen Simeon play four games because he was out last week. So uh, it's tough to say whether or not he's a franchise quarterback after four games. Right. Oh, speaking of a, of a <laughs> – yeah, definitely not ready to uh, – I know we said – it's so funny how, how much things change from week to week. Because after week three, I was praising him. And then after last week, he got his first loss. And mm-hmm. now you you realize this is the NFL. And, God, people really are just very quick to rush to judgment. So uh, that's on me for rushing to judgment. Again, and not that, that Carson Wentz played poorly, but it's been four games. Let's pump the brakes a little bit before right. we annul this guy, the next the next Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Um 
Another guy who was a great starting quarterback but fell into uh, his coach's doghouse, as well as former coach and even current coach's doghouse, is Colin Kaepernick, who is finally getting his starting quarterback gig back in a road game against Buffalo. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, just the, the, the final nail in the coffin of, of his career probably as a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, was last Thursday night where he just looked absolutely dreadful. Uh, now they're bringing Kaepernick back on, which I've been saying that Kaepernick should be the starting quarterback in San Francisco w- under Chip Kelly from the get-go because you were a big Oregon fan. So isn't Colin Kaepernick just perfect for Chip Kelly's system? If we're going back to the way he was running it back in Philly with you know a little bit of run-pass option, thank you, Sean, for bringing that up earlier tonight. In <laughs> um, kind of that system that he was doing, man, he was doing with Mark Sanchez. If Mark Sanchez can do it, and he has half the physical tools that Colin Kaepernick does. Colin Kaepernick is tailor-made for this kind of offense. Right Now, what's going to be interesting is this game is in Buffalo, and Buffalo fans have a way of expressing themselves that um, is unique to com- the rest of the <laughs> Maybe it's not true. the rest of it. But true. they like to get after certain players, and he has been re- – I mean, he's made himself very exposed. For what's he been doing? Um. Changed his hairstyle a little bit. Oh, okay, he's got the fro now. It's a gotcha. hair thing. Yeah, it's mostly okay. just a hair thing. Okay. But, um, it's it's going to be very interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I'm I'm for non political reasons. I'm pulling for Colin Kaepernick. This is strictly football. I enjoy watching him play the game. Um, I think he's probably the most athletic quarterback in the league, and he looks freaking jacked right now, too. Uh, so he's been hitting the weights to try, probably try to stay healthy. He's looking more like a Dak Prescott than the, the wiry Colin Kaepernick we saw in the Super Bowl. Um, but I'm pulling for Kaepernick for football purposes, and I'll let the politics kind of uh, you know filter themselves out because everybody we'll, – we'll move on to the next – One more, one more shot at Sean while I can take it here. He okay. was talking up – he was talking up the athleticism of Blaine Gabbert, and I watched that game, and he does not look like the guy whose numbers in the 40 and the three cone and all that crap that he was talking about matches up with Cam Newton. Give me a break. Blaine <laughs> Gabbert looks like a statue back there getting his butt kicked. So I, I think s- that's, that's I don't probably hear about the- from, from years of torture in Jacksonville, though. Let's be real here. Oh, okay. So his body's broken down so much that he's just become that because he doesn't look like the same quarterback he did in college. In college, he's playing in all empty sets. So he's shell shocked. It's a, a terror. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's a shell shocked quarterback who can't get it done in the NFL. Like he's like he's like David Carr, Tim Couch. After taking years of beatings, he just <laughs> they turn into shells of what they what they could have been. And that's For, be their real. mental faculties are not what once they what they once were. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, next guy I want to talk about, Carson Palmer. Do you still trust Palmer? Obviously, he missed week five with a concussion. Before that, he really struggled to put up solid fantasy numbers, even though he has David Johnson to dump off to, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd, John Brown. I mean, a, a JJ, uh, JJ Nelson, Jaron Brown. I mean, they have a pretty solid receiving core, yet Carson Palmer and the Arizona Cardinals cannot get it done. What are you doing with Carson Palmer right now? I if think, you have him, are you keeping him? If you don't have him, are you trying to get him and hoping he has a second round, second half of the season turnaround? What are you doing? Well, I don't have him. I have somebody that I trust more, and that's Cam Newton for uh, fantasy purposes. But if, if I have to win a ball game, I'm not going to discredit Carson Palmer. I think he's um, a top 15 quarterback in the NFL right now, even coming off of concussion stuff. 
I think he's going to help this team win. And they're um, who are they playing again this week? My mind's going blank. Arizona uh, the Jets. The so Jets. They play, they're playing the Jets, who in the past yes. two games have allowed just under um, how many yards is it? Uh, just under 700 yards. In He's seven getting touches. some help playing against them. Yeah. I think this is a good transition game back into it, and uh, moving forward, they should be okay. It's just when they get into their games against LA and Seattle, it's it's going to be a dogfight for them this year. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I've been asked by a few people what they should do with Carson Palmer. I've told them to hold on to him. If you're going to hold on to him, this is the week to hold on to him. Mm-hmm. The Jets are mediocre, or they're they're terrible this year. They're playing in Arizona. Bruce Arians knows he needs to get his quarterback and his offense going for them to be competitive in the NFC West. So I really think this is a big turnaround game for Carson Palmer. If you have him, start him this week. I'm definitely recommending that. He's going to be cheap in DraftKings and FanDuel, so I'd start him in those two um, fantasy football formats as well. One of your favorite players you talk about all the time, Russ Wilson. He's uh, hopefully healed from his lower body injuries after the bye week. Yeah. Are you re- are you are you rolling him out this week? Sure, I I think so. That nobody needed a bye week more than than Russ Wilson. Um, I mean, he was playing on a bad knee. He was playing on a high ankle sprain a little bit. He, he needed some time off, and hopefully Sierra could stay off of him long enough. Uh, <laughs> give let him guy, recover. Po- let the poor guy get a break here. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he, I think now. he bounces back. <laughs> I think he bounces back. Um, Atlanta's defense gets after the quarterback a little bit, but I think when they play in Seattle, they're just a different team. And that it's hard to kind of quantify. I can't say, well, if they do this stat more than they do this, I just think they're a better team when they're playing at home. And I think uh, they pull out a win here. And is he going to be a high end uh, daily fantasy quarterback? I, I, I can't say that, but. He's a guy you want to keep on your squad if um, moving forward. I think the other two, other thing too, we have to keep in mind is Tyler Lockett had a, a injured PCL and he had a nice break as well um, with that bye week. So he's coming back hopefully to full strength and is able to be on the field for more than you know fifteen percent of the snaps like he has been in the past few weeks. Um, and then of course Jimmy Graham who has been fantastic in weeks three and four, had over 100 yards receiving both games. He'll have time to rest. He's an older player coming off a knee injury. I'm sure that bye week was perfect for him. So between him, Baldwin, and Lockett, I think that we see some solid receivers for Russell Wilson for the rest of the season. And I really like him for the rest of the season. So if you're able to try to find him in trade, it might be tough because the game before the bye, he scored in the, upper, in the high 20s in fantasy points. Um, so... Owners are probably going to hold on to him, but I, I like him for the rest of the year. And also, have to remember he's already had his buy. Don't have to worry about a bye week quarterback. I like to always throw that into uh, my trade negotiations. Um, and with with him not having a buy, you can just roster one quarterback unless sure. he gets hurt. So, another guy who's already had a buy, but has been really frustrating me. And we talked about him. Uh, we've talked about him a few times in the past few weeks. Is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay offense what's going on with them? Why is he not the top-tier quarterback that we've come to know for the past five, six years? It's hard to put it to like one thing exactly. I mean, you arguably got some of the best one-on-one receivers um, as a group in the NFL. Um, but but like guys like Randall Cobb are not – they don't look like the same player they, they were a couple years ago. Mm. Compare that with, you know, they're trying to run the ball more with Eddie Lacy. And 
he's he's made some dumb throws. I think his last game he had two interceptions. Yep. And it's it's hard to say one thing that's like, well, they need to do this, they need to do that, and that's going to be the end-all, be-all, because it's not. Um, I, I trust him moving forward. If he was my quarterback, there's no way I'm moving him. Um, he's going to end up you know, being in the top five in, in stats and in fantasy points by the end of the year. You just got to sit tight and believe when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Um, so I, I'm not worried when it, yeah. moving forward. <laughs> That's good. I'm holding him as well. Have him in our league. Have him in a few leagues. Uh, big Aaron Rodgers supporter. Big Aaron Rodgers fan. I don't think he'll ever lose you a game, no. but he won't consistently win you games like he did the year he won the MVP. Yeah, but he's not uh, going to get you that 35 point game every week and like right. he had those crazy runs before. And then, like you said, I think it was two weeks ago where he had 30 what. You had 32 points in the first half and then nothing after that. Yeah, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> yeah, and you're stuck just watching your uh, your your stat tracker. Like, what in the hell is going on? Yeah, is there, is there like some sort of delay going on in Green Bay or something? Yeah, yeah. that's very when you can't watch the game, it's very very confusing. Why your quarterback who is hot in the first half can't put up any points in the second half? Um, but so we got two more quarterbacks I want to talk about, and this one. I picked him up off waivers, actually, in one league where I have Aaron Rodgers. And he was on a bye last week. But I got Derek Carr um, for nothing. And he's been awesome. Nice he's, really, he's really only had one mediocre start in five games. But I will say he does have a pretty tough test against the KC defense. Granted, it is in Oakland, so that helps. And the KC defense is rested, and they have Justin Houston probably coming back this week. But... Carr is an every week starter, and if you were able to pick him up or draft him as your QB two, you probably have a solid quarterback one that you could trade for pretty good value. I mean, again, I just I was just praising Aaron Rodgers and saying I wanted to keep him, but I wouldn't be lying if I wasn't tempted to move Rodgers and just start for a running back or a wideout and start Derek Carr for the rest of the season. He's he's shown that he can put up really really good numbers. Yeah, he has the third highest fantasy point total for quarterbacks in um, the Yahoo League we're in. One, a funny story, a, a guy I work with came up to me on the day after his draft. He goes, you're not going to believe this. The guy with the fourth overall pick took Derek Carr and just said, watch, <laughs> watch. And everyone, I mean, they wanted to flip the table on this guy. And I'm like, wow, that's a bold strategy. Um but right now he's the third highest point scorer for uh, all quarterbacks in our league. Um, I don't know what the, that guy's uh, roster looks like, but but that's it, it's cool to me. It might pay off. Who knows? That might be the biggest reach of all time. But it might you know again, and and that's what I hate to see because yeah, he's having a great season, but you could have got him. Yeah, ten rounds later, you or got, six rounds. You know, it's it, you could have Julio Jones and him, and probably three right. or f- maybe four other guys. Right, right. So that's the frustrating thing when I see that. And but hey, you know what? If if Derek Carr leads into a fancy championship, then then what do we know? Right. Obviously, not much. <laughs> um, final quarterback I want to talk about, and this is all the talking heads are, are going over this one. Um, we have a quarterback controversy brewing in Dallas, don't yeah. we? Yeah. For sure. So so Dak Prescott has led the Cowboys to a 4-1 record. They're sitting on top of the NFC East alongside Philadelphia, who's also at 4-1 with Carson Wentz leading the charge. 
now that Tony, Tony Romo's back injury is healing, uh, you know, a, a little bit more, and he's he's getting closer to return. All the pundits are saying, do you keep Dak Prescott in there? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or do you bring in Tony Romo? So before I get to my point on this, I want to hear what you think about the Dak Prescott Tony Romo uh, battle. I I look at it two ways. One, staying with him is probably not going to get you further than it would have if you switched him out because they're not winning games solely based on the play of Dak Prescott. They're they're running the ball exactly the same way they were, you know, for the past few years. They're they're leading the league. I think yeah, Zeke's number one, right, in the league. Uh, I believe yards. So, yeah. I believe in yards, not touchdowns, but yards for sure. So they're chewing up the field. Um, Tony Romo can do that. I feel like Tony Romo comes in and the chemistry is going to be off. It just is. Like when you, him and Beasley haven't thrown together and Witten and, and everybody else like the way that Prescott has. So right. I, well, again, I, if, you want, if, you, if I had to mark the box, keep Prescott or, or let Romo come in because he's got the experience – I'm going to go with Prescott because you've not won a playoff game regardless um, with uh, Tony Romo. So just I'd stay with the young kid. Well, it's not true. They have won one playoff game with Romo, I believe. Yeah, but, a wild card game. Um, I'm sorry. Right. but I, I, t- So to your point real quick, you're right. Zeke is leading the league in rushing yards and attempts. Um, the next highest player in rushing yards is DeMarco Murray, and Zeke's got him by 85 yards. So pretty uh, pretty. Awesome performance by Ezekiel Elliott so far this season. But to your point, see, I don't think that, especially if if the Cowboys can get a pretty healthy lead in the NFC East or ensure that they are a wild card team and can afford to lose a game or two because the offense with Romo just isn't in sync. I I just think that they need Romo in order for them to go to take the next step. And I just really don't think Prescott's going to do that because the offense around Prescott, I don't think is built for that. And I don't think that they're going to, I don't know, in the NFL, and especially in the NFC, in the NFC you have to be explosive. Your offense has to be awesome. There's not a lot of great defenses in the NFC. Um, we've seen shootouts in the playoffs before. And I just don't think that it's going to get done with Dak Prescott um, under center, whereas Romo can chuck it. He can put up. 35 points himself can Dak Prescott do that I don't I personally don't think so no not this year so so with that being said I think that yeah Dak Prescott is obviously the future of the the Dallas Cowboys and that after this season they should part ways and say Romo thank you very much here you go have a nice career they're playing golf or wearing your starter hat somewhere and being you know doughy um or signing with another team I don't know what what Romo is going to do but I think for this season, if the Cowboys want to win a championship, they need Tony Romo under center, and they need to let Dak Prescott just grow into being an NFL quarterback and think that next year is his year where it's his team. And that's fine. I, I like I said, I could see it both ways, and it wasn't. I'm not a hundred percent either way. It's it's a close. That's why everyone's talking about it. It's a very political thing to talk about. That's why all the pundits are talking about it, and um, there's no consensus. There is. It's not an easy choice to make. Sure, sure. I mean, it, it's, it's so hard. It, it's not even a Bledsoe versus Brady like Brady thing. This is right. this is this is tighter than that. I think. Well, and the other thing about Dak Prescott is really who's he beaten? You know, obviously against Cincinnati they look great. 
They they beat the Bengals, but before that, they beat the 49ers, the Bears, the Redskins, and the Giants. And they lost to the Giants. I mean, they've beaten the Redskins, Bears, and 49ers. That those are yeah. not good teams. They are they are below average teams. So once you see him play the Packers this week, and then they have a bye, and then they have the Eagles in Week Eight, and the Steelers in Week Ten. Say if Prescott's still under center, then that's a whole that's a totally different story if he beats those teams. Right. But right now. I haven't seen him up against great competition. I still say it's Tony Romo's team, and and I'm sticking to it. Gosh darn it. <laughs> um, hey, you want to talk some point pounders? Let's do that. I only have one point pounder for you, Luke. Okay. Um, Let's hear it. Somebody I think – move my notes around here. Somebody I think is going to do it again this week. It was uh, T.Y. Hilton. So I looked up targets for the season, and I looked up targets last week. T.Y. Hilton is 55 targets this season. He's one behind Antonio Brown. Granted, mm-hmm. some of these are sludge stats coming at the end of the games. Right. But in my world, those still count on your fantasy team. <laughs> um, last week, he had 10 catches for 171 yards and one touchdown. Um, and this week, he goes up against a Houston team that gives up a lot of yards. And, right. you know, people go, wait, Houston's like a top 10 um, fantasy defense. But that's all based off their their sacks. They get after the quarterback. They, they get the ball down. Um, and cause fumbles, but they're not great at actually um, not giving up big chunks of receiving yards. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with T.Y. Hilton this week for my point pounder um, just to kind of keep his pace with what he's been doing. Okay, I like that move. Um, yeah, obviously he had a great game last week, so we'll see if he can uh, you know, strike lightning, hit lightning twice or whatever that saying is. I lightning totally messed that up. twice, I believe. That's what I wanted to go. say. Thank you, Jer. Uh, I'm, I don't want to one-up you even though I always do, but I don't want to this time. And so I'm only going to go with one point pounder as well, even though I had two. Uh, I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks up against Carolina. Cooks coming off a bye really hasn't done much since his two-touchdown performance with uh, six catches and 143 yards in week one. He's really, really struggled the past few weeks. I just have a feeling that he's due this week. Um, Carolina got torched by Julio Jones two weeks ago. Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Bucks offense couldn't do anything other than run with Jaquiz Rogers about 50 times. Uh, so with that being said, I like Cooks a lot this week to – I don't know if he'll get two touchdowns again, but I have a feeling he's going to have at least one very long touchdown. You know, maybe one of those 80 yarders where he just beats the secondary in a foot race. And, um, you know, he'll see double-digit targets. I expect him to catch about seven balls and be over 150 for the, for the for the game. So I like Brandon Cooks this week. You like T.Y. Hill and both uh, field stretchers. Uh, we'll see how they I, do. I think uh, I think the Monday night – is this the Monday night game, New Orleans and Carolina, or is this a Sunday night game? Or am I confused? No. Monday night is Arizona and the Jets. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So I think they're – so they are Carolina was tell- last Monday night. That's right. Right. But I think this is a uh, situation where we might going to have 42 to 35, you know, big time scoring. So Brandon Cooks is an excellent choice for this. I'm hoping. I, I, I want to just watch. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a good game, just like a, a high-flying, high-scoring game. I feel like we really haven't seen too many of those um, this season, and I'm just really getting sick of just seeing very, very bad football. But There's been a lot of that. Right, right. And I feel like it's always – isn't it like always involving Oakland and San Diego? In Miami, Diego? Cleveland, <laughs> San Diego. Uh, Cleveland putting up big points? That never happens. No, no, just crap football. I thought, oh, I thought oh, we were yes, talking yes. about crap football, Luke. Right, 
Well, I was talking about the big point score. Boy, there's crap football every week. A lot of turd nugget supremes. You'll hear that on the Pick'em episode uh, that we recorded with Sean, and uh, that'll be releasing tomorrow. Uh, but hey, you want to get in some listener questions? Yeah, I think we got some new people uh, that we've not heard from before. We do. We got a couple new guys here. Um, again, they hit us up on Twitter. They sent us emails. So on Twitter at NEG Podcast, or I'm sorry, at Glory Podcast. I'm getting our Twitter handle confused with MLB and the College Football Show. Um, on Facebook, we got messages saying who should we start, who should we sit. Uh, find us at Never Ending Glory Podcast, and then a few emails here and there. NEG Podcast at Gmail dot com. But the first one we're going to get into, Sean from Boston asked us, who's the better player this year and who's the better player in the future? Uh, we're talking about the two running backs from Atlanta, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. So far this season, Freeman's got 78 rushes for 410 yards and two touchdowns with 14 receptions for 117 yards and one touchdown. And then Tevin Coleman, 46 catch. Uh, 46 rushes for 160 yards and two touchdowns and 17 catches for 313 yards and one touchdown. So both guys have just been – they've been point pounding on their own. And and even though it's a dual-headed backfield, they're both producing big numbers. But this year, I just have a feeling that Devontae Freeman will finish with more fantasy points just because he's the more consistent running back. He's getting the early down carries. He's getting more carries per game. But I'll tell you what. Tevin Coleman's very explosive. I like his outlook long-term a little bit more than Freeman's just because I feel like Freeman is more – he's going to get beat up a lot more running between the tackles where Coleman's more of the stretch player. I so. like the versatility that Tevin Coleman has. I mean, they lined him up um, at X receiver. They lined him in the slot. He's out of the backfield. He's a little bit more than uh, Devontae Freeman does. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a fantasy standpoint, those receiving numbers are, are getting up there. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah, and those those numbers are really had a lot to do with last week, uh, where he absolutely shredded the Denver defense, which was surprising. Uh, had over 100 receiving yards and a long touchdown. I believe his touchdown was like 74 yards. Yeah. Um. So Tevin Coleman just he's he's fast, and, and that's what the the Falcons expected when they drafted him. But he got hurt early on, and Devontae Freeman just absolutely exploded for a career year last year. But both guys will be solid RB twos week in week out. Um. Again, long term, I think injuries will catch up to Devontae Freeman as he as he roams through, you know, in between the tackles. It's tough to to stay upright for for too much long after taking a lot of a you know, huge beating. Um, he's on pace for almost 300 touches again this season, so it'll be tough for him to hold up. But um, yeah, I like I like both players. If you got both of them or one of them, you're in good shape. Uh, Nick and Lakewood sent me an email asking, does he sit Matt Ryan at Seattle for? former Cleveland Brown and New England Patriot Brian Hoyer. This is a tough one. This is a this is a real tough one, Jer. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on this one before I weigh in. Statistically, I think Matt Ryan will be a little bit off the pace that he's been going at. I have a strong dislike of Brian Hoyer's game, uh, so I'm going Matt Ryan here. I'm sure you have some stats that back up Brian Hoyer instead of Matt Ryan, but just pure gut, I'm still going to take Matt Ryan in Seattle. I don't know if I really have stats for why you should start Brian Hoyer over Matt Ryan, but it just comes down to even though right now um, Matt Ryan is fantasy's number one quarterback because he's just been slinging it to Julio Jones, it's Seattle. And how many times have we seen an elite quarterback go into Seattle and just absolutely lay an egg? It's true. It, it, it happens all the time. It, listen, I don't think Brian Hoyer is that good. 
and he is going against the Jaguars, who have, surprisingly enough, a pretty solid um, pass defense. They just, uh, they, I don't want to say they shut Andrew Luck down, but they, they limited him to 234 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Um, I don't think that Hoyer is going to – I wouldn't be surprised if Hoyer had two touchdowns, but I guess it comes down to I wouldn't be shocked if Matt Ryan scored single-digit fantasy points, whereas I expect Brian Hoyer to be at like – 14 to 15 fantasy points this week. So I'm saying start Brian Hoy over Matt Ryan. I know it sounds crazy, but the Seattle's defense in Seattle's is very, very scary. I would go option three. Pick up Kevin Hogan, start him, <laughs> call and us lose your league. over. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick had a second question. Alan Hearns at Chicago or Sterling Shepard versus the Ravens in a half-point PPR league? Alan Hearns just has been... Not what he was last year. He's very touchdown dependent last year. Um, and I, I really like Sterling Shepard. So this one hands down to me either in a PPR, half PPR, or no PPR. Sterling Shepard's a start for me. I agree. Sterling Shepard. So Chase in Manchester asked me a question. He said, should he cut Graham Cano for Stephen Hauschka? What? Uh, you know... So we pride ourselves in, in, in talking fantasy football, and we're, we're asking people to come to us with questions, start or sit, add or drop, trade questions. And if you do, you might get a Never Ending Glory t-shirt. But Chase, you are not going to get a Never Ending Glory t-shirt for asking me to cut or or what kicker to, to add on. Add to that, I, feel like he, I feel like he should be sending us a t-shirt for this question. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but you know, being the the fancy football freak that I am, I will say yes. I would cut Graham Gano for Stephen Hushka because Hushka's had his bye, and you can just set your kicker and forget about it, and never have to think about your kicker ever again for the rest of the season. So that's all the time we're going to spend on kickers. All right, in, in this on. episode, every and every other episode in the history of the Never Ending Glory podcast. Billy and Acton asked, with Justin Forsett signing in Detroit. How will he be used moving forward, and will this impact Theo Riddick's role? So, Dwayne Washington was supposed to be the next man up after Amir Abdullah got hurt. He looked great in his limited action, and then he hurt his ankle too. His his status is still up in the air. I'm not sure if he's going to start on Sunday or if he'll even play on Sunday. So now the, um, the Lions brought in Justin Forsett, who was just cut by the Ravens. I Listen, I... Justin Forsett might be a name that brings back, you know, some fantasy glory when he had a huge year for um, Baltimore a couple years ago. But at this point, he got cut by the Ravens. The Ravens suck. Um, How often, I mean, can you, Jerry, can you even think of a time where a player has been traded midseason, comes in as an instant impact player for his, their new team? Um, Trent Richardson with the Colts, but he, I think, got three carries that whole season. <laughs> and I'm kind so of again, thinking the same thing for Justin Forsett this year. Yeah. Impactful? No. not that, I can't think of any at the top of my head. Yeah. I don't see how they use him um, effectively behind Theo Riddick. Um, I don't – sorry. I, I, yeah. I, I don't see how I he think- gets used. I think, again, he's just a warm body that they know that you can right. rely on to, to run a very simple offense. 
They need somebody to run between the tackles, um, especially because Zenner, Zach Zenner looked absolutely terrible last week and the, and the week before. Again, if Dwayne Washington can't go. And, and behind Theo Riddick, they really don't have anything. So he's a warm body. If you see him on his on your waiver wire, keep him there. He, he's not worth picking up whatsoever. I don't think he will do anything this season. And if Dwayne Washington comes back healthy within the next week or so, Justin Forsett could easily be cut yet again. So, so Billy, uh, if I were you, I would get rid of Justin Forsett because you picked him up and that's very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sound advice. Uh, yeah. Jer, so talk to me real quick. You're one in four in our league. I mean, how are you feeling? Are you dejected? Are you ready to call it a season? Wh- where are you at? Where's your head at? I didn't. I'm not ready to call it a season, but I got to get a win this week. I got to get. I get back off the schneid here. I need I Cam Newton to play like Cam Newton's supposed to play and put up 35 points. That's what I need. And I need Jimmy Graham to give me some stuff here. I need Stephon Diggs to get off the IR and get back into the game. Um, you know, I, I haven't heard updates today about his injury, but I don't even, I don't think he's playing Sunday. Well, so, he's, he's on a bye, so he won't be playing. You're right. I stand corrected. <laughs> uh, never any glory podcast folks. The never ending glory podcast. So, so you know what? Again, I think that's a perfect time for us to sign off. What do you think, Jerry? You know what? I need to take a deep look at my team, do some self-reflection figure my stuff out he's going through some things right now huh we are not simply ravishing right now there's nothing ravishing about your squad right no. now hey and, and, and hey it starts at the top it starts at the top with you okay it does get get your shit together jerry jeff fisher of this team <laughs> guys that's all we got for tonight please check us out on twitter at glory podcast and of course like we mentioned before in this episode we got the college football pod coming your way we also have the major league baseball pod coming your way i had to say goodbye to david ortiz um follow them at neg pod cfb at neg pod mlb um of course check us out on facebook at never ending glory podcast the same goes with itunes and soundcloud please on itunes rate us subscribe to us love us review us um you know all these sex bots that are liking my my Twitter profile and retweeting um, where you can find us. It's great. It makes me happy. But when I see like Svetlana 6969XOXO, I realize it's not somebody that wants to hear about fantasy football. So It's so like please an old AIM sure. screen name. They used to like, you know, get a random AIM message and it says like ASL. Now it's right. just oh. like your stuff and it's not got, as personal got, touch. Got picks? Question mark. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's how we need to open up the next episode. So remind me that we're going to open up the next episode talking about aim screen names because that's. Oh, I've got countless ones. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. And of course, uh, make sure you next time you go to your local Giant Eagle, you stop by the the Giant Buckeye Vodka stand and pick up a nice bottle of of the wonderfully distilled Buckeye Vodka. It'd be perfect uh, for local. Friday's game, uh, game one with the Tribe hosting the Blue Jays. I might uh, be after my game on Friday night taking care of the uh, the last little couple innings with one of those. You enjoy that, Jerry? I'll uh, be uh, you know probably taking straight shots because I just want to forget about this baseball season altogether. Yeah, but. thoughts and prayers to the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> All right, Jerry. Let's talk next week. All right, All bud. I'll see you soon. Yep. Yeah, bye.